Sorry for saying Sorry Media presents the Purr Podcast, the best podcast for feline medicine and surgery with tips, tricks, and updates for the entire veterinary healthcare team. If you're dying to know more about cats, keep on listening. Here are your hosts, Dr. Susan Little, famous cat vet and textbook author, and Dr. Yola Kirpenstein, talented surgeon and social media geek. Hello, this is Dr. Yola Kirpenstein. Now we were at the same time. I Dr. think that's the first time we've done that. We're like, I know, I know. we're getting sync. rusty. We're getting rusty here. My gosh. Oh, well, this is Dr. Yola Kirpenstein and... I'm Dr. Susan Little. And this is the Per Podcast. And uh, as a matter of fact, this is a very special podcast because we are taping or recording a lecture. Someone told me I can't use word taping anymore because we don't yeah. use tapes. So yeah. we were re recording a, a lecture for Hills Global Symposium and we decided to make immediately a podcast of it too. Yeah, so the Hills Global Symposium uh, is in Lisbon this year, 2023. And uh, um, obviously not everybody's gonna be in Lisbon. So we get to share a recording of our lectures with you as a podcast. And we all they also can see the images from the lectures too, right, Yola? If they go to Patreon account, they can. But if you don't, we will try to describe them as yes. good as we can. Jesus. So, Dr. Susan, how do you work these cases up normally? How do I work them up? Mm-hmm. Um, with mammary tumors. Well, I always I always assume a mammary lump is malignant in a cat. Right. Um, yeah, I just go in assuming it's malignant. Um, we'll usually do a small either fine needle or excisional biopsy. Like, don't try to take the mass out. Just try to take a piece of it. Um, to confirm, you know, our suspicion. And uh, and then basically you'll have to plan the, the surgery as uh, as you've outlined. Um, you know, early, early in my career, we would just do lumpectomies or just single chain. But the data uh, over the years really shows us, as you said, you only, you've got one shot at it. So uh, bilateral mastectomy. Yeah, one thing that I would advise is to radiograph of the chest before you yes. do anything. Yes, sorry, Just yes. In case to, you know, if they're, if it's metastasized, most of the time it's metastasized to the lungs and feel the lymph yes. nodes. So uh, yeah. if the lymph nodes are severely enlarged, they also do find able expert there. Right. So there's a little slide with an article that yeah. was published. Uh, 2014, uh, I think. In 2014. It's kind of a review article about uh, the prognosis. Prognosis. Of carcinoma. So yeah. It, in cats, I think that uh, they still say to give some chemotherapy, um, but the chance that it will really do a big difference is, is probably pretty small. Yeah. And I think uh, if I remember correctly, part of the prognosis is tied to the size of the tumor as right. well by the time it's right. found. Absolutely. Yeah. Which is it's unfortunate for that kitty because I think you said that the, the mass was quite small when it right. was originally yeah. found. Yeah. 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 Okay. Onward we go. I know. Case, Case number, number three. three. And by the way, Dr. Susan, we're doing great on time. <laughs> so I, I just want to say that uh, that uh, introduction of this cat. This is a, a little bit younger cat, um, and and we tend like to every time when we see a mass, we tend to think tumor, mm. and. So, Dr. Seuss, what I want you to do is describe this cat 
mm-hmm. then describe the next picture and see what you say. Okay, so this it's a long-haired cat, uh, and the cat is being held in the arms, I'm assuming, of like you or a veterinarian, uh, particularly holding, I can't tell if that's the right front paw or the left front paw, but it's one of them. Um, and um, it's kind of hard to tell from this photo, but I'm guessing that there is a lump or a mass in the toes because there's an area there that looks like it's swollen. Yeah, you have to look at the next picture, Dr. Susan. Yes, here we go. There's the next one where you see the bottom of the the foot. Um, That's both feet together, isn't it, Yola? Right, yes, two feet. Yes, so in this picture, we're seeing the ventral aspect of both feet and they're being held together side by side for comparison. Yeah, so the first time I saw saw this photo, I thought, my gosh, that cat has really big feet, but (laughs) it's two feet. And you can clearly see... It was a Norwegian forest cat, so it had big feet for sure. Big feet. Um, And you can clearly see on one of the pads... Uh, the foot pads, toe pads, I guess, is a a large uh, hairless uh, red puffy looking lesion. Like it literally looks like it's growing out of a normal pad. Right. Right. The other thing that you can see in this, I think is really typical on the other pads, you see scarring. So the, Ah. the pads are not normal color. They're, they seem softer. And then they have these pinky. So this is a dark haired cat on the feet, at least. Right. So he should have had black pads, but there are mm-hmm. these pinkish. Uh, and that is so typical for this disease. So the combination of this softness of the pad, swollen pads, and sometimes of these mushrooms that come out that yeah. are of, of whatever fat or subcutaneous or it looks like that. But uh, yeah. And we have a close-up too, where you can yeah. see that. Uh, but you see also the scarring, which is very typical. Right. And then you see a normal pad right on top of that, Doctor Susan. That's how they should look. The, but these the, are yeah, right, right above the, right. the pad with the lesion is a right. small, black, like dark colored right. pad. Right. So that's actually, exactly that's a good photo, right? Because you can really see the difference between the right. and, and one of the keys with these, like it's easy to go, oh my gosh, like that looks really bad. But when you palpate those, the, the toe itself, the um, uh, especially the bony structures are all fine. This is, right. yeah, this is superficial, I guess, might be a way. Yeah, to it's just it. the path that's affected. Yeah. I mean, nothing else. Uh, and then, uh, and it's soft. It feels softer. Now, yeah. one tumor that comes into mind as a differential diagnosis is a mast cell tumor in the cat. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, but that's not what it is. Dr. No. What is this? This is a plasma cell pododermatitis. And I think you can tell me if I'm wrong. I think cats are the only species that get these. Right. Yep. Cats do lots of unique things. <laughs> not right. always good. And this is one of them. So it's uh, even though th- this is th- this would be good in a case series like it looks like cancer, but it's not. So it that's yeah. uh, that falls into that category. Um, people manage these. These are medically managed. Right. You don't have to take that thing off. And uh, I don't know that there's a consensus on medical management. I have a feeling that they kind of come and go on their own, frankly. But people try uh, corticosteroids. That's probably common. Um, 
sometimes people try doxycycline. Um, yeah, that's what I want to say. So, yeah. so the, the idea behind it is that they think there's an autoimmune component yeah. to it. And doxycycline has some effects. So most people that I know will treat them first with doxycycline and to see if that what goes happens. away. And this cat responded amazingly to that. There you go. Right. Okay. So that's good news one. And we are on now to number four. Wow, going fast and we still are in time. So we're doing good, Dr. Susan. We were worried before we had this, <laughs> this talk that we couldn't do this. So now you see a cat. Uh, it's a domestic short hair cat with a large mass in between the shoulder blades. It almost looks like it is a, camel. you know, what's the other thing? It's not a camel, but the uh, camaloid that has, instead of two, it has one lump. A camel. No, a camel <laughs> has two. There's one hump camels and two hump camels. Oh, you you call them the same? Yeah. In, in Dutch, it's a dromedaris, and the other one is a camel. So that's why I'm confused. I, right. I don't okay, know. So I, all uh, going back to this picture, Dr. Susan is not giving. I'm going to look it up, by the way. You, you can see. You can, you can tell up. me what you see. So yeah, so this is a short hair cat. It's a brown tabby, and we are. The photo shows you the inter, interscapular area of this cat, and there really is a ginormous mass there. Like it really does look like a big hump. And dromedary. That's yeah, the dromedary. One. That, I think that's just a name for camels, though. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, it has that one has this one is, long. This is the episode then where Susan learns about camels. Okay. Okay. The main and difference so, between dromedary and camels is in the fact of the number of humps, Dr. Susan. Okay. I stand on a camel, corrected. <laughs> um, so this this looks like it's uh, part of the fur on top of this mass has clearly been shaved at some right. point and it's regrowing. So what, what had been going on with that one, Yola? Yeah, so this cat uh, had not that long ago a injection uh, for, and I can't remember what they injected. It was probably a vaccination or something like that. And uh, and since then, he has uh, developed this mass, and the mass is fastly growing. So had somebody biopsied it? Before this? No, as a matter of fact, uh, not yet, but that's the first thing I would do. I would probably stick a needle in it. And when you stick a needle in it, you get this fluidy yeah. substance out of it. Yeah. Uh, and then we took a real biopsy because we're always worried by little bumps on the back of cats or we're in areas where they might have gotten a, a injection. injection. Yeah. And uh, and that came back as uh, soft tissue sarcoma. Yeah. So injection site sarcoma is, I think, is right. another another name for them. They tend to be quite fixed to underlying structures too. Right. Like they really feel like they're firmly growing out of uh, the cat. And this is another one where you'd really get one chance at it too. Right. And here you can see there was a biopsy done on the top. You see the tumor. Ah. Uh, and uh, and that's how we got the diagnosis. These right. are probably the most aggressive local tumors in the cat that we know. And remember that we normally take about three centimeter margins around tumors and one fascia layer deep. Right. Here we do five centimeters and three fascia layers deep. So these tumors need extensive excision because they have these little satellite uh, tumors next to each, next to the big mass. And so we're really, really aggressive 
Uh, if you can't get it out completely by surgery, we have to radiate them. Some people say even to use chemotherapy on these. So this is the, the you know, the full shebang on a horrible tumor that is locally super aggressive. Doesn't yeah. metastasize that quickly. Most times later in the disease in about 20, 25% of the time, but it's a horribly aggressive local tumor. It's horrible. And I think it's um, painful for the cat. Um, and sometimes the mass itself will start to ulcerate and get infected. Uh, so if we have a, a patient where, for whatever reason, uh, a surgical um, excision is not going to happen, because after all, it's not easy. It really requires a surgeon experienced in doing these. Uh, then we have to make sure the cat has adequate pain management, because these tumors just continue to grow. I've seen them become um, ginormous. The good news is we don't see as many of these, I don't think, nope. as we used to, like maybe 10 years ago. Um, this is a typical cat tumor. We, we, there's one report, I think, in a dog um, right. that they thought was linked to a microchip or something uh, like that. But for the rest, uh, if you go to the next slide, you see yeah. the, how aggressive the surgery is. Uh, we often take uh, some spinal processes with it to get to the deep margin. And it's a very, very extensive surgery. So here we can see another, uh, you know, uh, yeah. picture of a surgery that was performed, but uh, very, very aggressive. And let's go to the article uh, yeah. that we will share um, with you all. I'll just describe this for our podcast right. listeners quickly first. So this is uh, post-op, you know, obviously it looks like it's right after the end of surgery and there's kind of a Y-shaped um, incision over the cat's dorsum intrascapular area. Um, so it, they certainly can look kind of fearsome, uh, probably especially to owners once it's closed up. But if you don't do that extensive surgery, um, you shouldn't do surgery at all. You shouldn't right. do it all. Okay. Right. And uh, this, the best thing is to have a specialist do these. I agree. Yeah, the yeah, board certified surgeon. Um, so, uh, those of you who are on video can see that uh, we're recommending an article on injection site uh, sarcomas in cats, and we'll also put the link in our show notes. Yeah, I think the two things that we want to say is that if you have any inflammatory reactions, then you probably should remove them if they are longer than mm -hmm. three months there, or if they grow really fast in size uh, within a month. So, uh, so it's the one, two, three rule that you have. So it is uh, uh, still increasing in size after one month. Any mass over two centimeters and any masses that stay longer than three months. Right. Uh, you have to be aggressive with these. Okay, okay, next. We'll get one more case in, I think, won't we? Right. Yes, we're almost at case time. Number five. Uh, we have five minutes. So let's okay. do it, Dr. Coons. So this is a lovely black and white short haired kitty who is uh, on an exam table and he's right. laying a bit on his um, right side. And we can see if I'm correct that one of his front legs looks different than the other. Yes, and if you do a look at the close-up, uh, which is the oh. next slide, there we uh, go. We can we can see that uh, uh, if you look at the paw of one leg, if you go to the wrist area above the wrist area, there's a swelling. Yeah. So in this um, image, we're seeing uh, the. Uh, the affected uh, right front paw by itself, and we're looking at and it's um uh, we're looking at a side on view, and it right at the carpus you can see that there is a swelling, uh, and so the first thing you'll want to do, or I would want to do with that, is radiograph it, right? 
Yeah, first you you feel it. You, you you do physical exam. Of course, it's a heart swelling, and we took a picture of it, and then you can see that there is a, a bony abnormality at the distal radius of this cat. And I I put in two pictures because cat uh, bone tumors might look a little different some are really proliferative but most of them are pretty osteolytic which you can yes. see in the slide uh, next to uh, the first one so the first one is yeah. a distal radius uh, and uh, the second one is a proximal tibia that uh, that you see uh, yeah. but this is a bone tumor in a cat and the reason that I, sh I wanted to show this picture is that the prognosis of bone tumors in cats is very different from that in dogs although there's a very recent article uh, which, uh, as a matter of fact, showed uh, puts that a little bit into discussion because they had less uh, less favorable outcome. But in principle, uh, the the bone tumors in cats are uh, a little less aggressive than uh, in dogs. They look scary though. So we're yes. looking at another set of radiographs here. Right. And do you know why this is? Because people bring in their cats so much later than in dogs. Mm. As soon as you yeah. see that a dog is lame, you bring it in. As soon and and cats can hide these. Yeah, uh, we know that uh, any cat above ten years has joint disease, and nobody knows. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we're we are looking just now at another set of radiographs that again show that really quite aggressive osteolytic behavior of these um, of these tumors. Um, and so I'm assuming they can occur in any bone. Is that right, Yola? Like right. It's a little different from the dog where we say okay. it's uh, far away from the elbow, close to the uh, uh, to uh, uh, to the stifle. Um, in cats, they can occur in any of the long uh, bones, but even in flat bones, 25% are in flat wow. bones or so smaller bones. But here we have two pictures of a distal tibia that's eaten away completely. Wow. And then a proximal uh, humerus that is uh, kind of dissolving. Yeah, like it's, I'm amazed that cat still has like a shoulder joint. Right. Because the right. degree of osteolysis is um, scary. So uh, we have just um, some quick facts about bone tumors in, in cats versus dogs. Um, yeah, so it's very rare in cats. Yes. And most of them are osteosarcoma, older cats, and there's not really a breed uh, predilection. And what about dogs, Dr. Susan? Well, um, you know, I'm a cat vet, but I still know that uh, if you say the word osteosarcoma, I think of a dog. Right. Um, and I usually uh, think of a large breed dog, and I'm glad that that's what the data shows. Right. So uh, usually in large or giant breeds, and, and you've got a statistic there that 90% of them are over 20 kilos in weight, and they're more likely in male dogs than female dogs. Right, right. Although there is some discussion about that, but uh, it's a common a common disease. Prognosis is much better in the cats. Uh, we need to run to, run this talk off, but uh, it's much more of uh, uh, better in the cat because there's less chance of metastasis. So I normally even don't treat them with chemotherapy, uh, just with removal of the tumor, which is often amputation in cats. So uh, this cats is the latest article that was published not that long ago. So I put the QR code in. Yeah, and cats um, tend to do better with limb amputation than dogs, do, especially lar uh, large breed dogs. So, right. This was an excellent episode, Dr. Susan. Thank you for that. <laughs> I always learn. I'm always learning. Right, right. I'm so surprised that you know these these little bites of information come around, and then suddenly we know more. 
Well, you just see, that's the thing. You just never know where we're going to end up. Right. So we, do you know what I learned? What did you learn? The word dromedary in English. Dromedary. Okay, then. Right. Yeah. Camel versus dromedary. Should you ever be in a position where you need to know the difference? Right. Right. Exactly. Okay. This is the Purple Podcast. Dr. Susan, thank you so much. Where can we find information? Perpodcast.net and uh, also on social media at Perpodcast. Excellent. Thanks, Dr. Susan. Bye-bye. Dr. Susan Little is a feline medicine specialist with two cat-only hospitals in Ottawa, Canada. She is best known as an international speaker and as the author and editor of two textbooks, The Cat, Clinical Medicine and Management, and August, Consultations in Feline Internal Medicine. Along with three cats, she also admits to owning two dogs. And you can follow her on social media with the handle at CatPetSusan. Dr. Yurla Kirpenstein is a diplomate of the American and European College of Veterinary Surgeons and a big cat fan. His specialties range from surgical oncology and reconstruction to minimally invasive surgery. He is the author of two textbooks on basic and reconstructive surgery. Did you know he was allergic to cats? Yola works currently at Hills Pet Nutrition. You can follow him on social media with the handle at G-V-E-T-S-X. This episode is made possible by the generous sponsorship of the Take the Pledge Against Struvites in Pets Facebook page. Did you know there are three easy steps to treat bladder stones in cats with lower urinary tract signs? Step one is to take a radiograph, and if there is a stone present in the bladder, step two is to use the Minnesota Urolith app for iPhone and Android to determine the most likely type of stone. Step three is to treat the cat for at least two to three weeks with an appropriate diet and see if the stone gets smaller. If so, keep feeding that diet until the stone is completely gone on follow-up radiographs. If not, check compliance with the owner and look for alternative treatment options. Join veterinarians worldwide to take the pledge not to remove struvite stones by surgery anymore. The opinions of this podcast are those by Dr. Susan Little and Dr. Yola Kirpenstein. Veterinary medicine is a complex profession, and often there are multiple diagnostic and therapeutic options for different disease processes. If you're a pet owner with questions, please go to your local veterinarian. If you're a veterinary professional, ask your questions on our Instagram page at per podcast.